I'm Josefina von Sundinvumba. Welcome to Retential Conversations, the podcast. I truly believe in the untapped potential existing in African within African communities inside and outside of Africa, whose talent, hard work, and innovations can help and are helping transform our societies. I also believe in the value of the stories and that by sharing, we can identify common lessons, challenges, and opportunities for growth. This podcast is for those interested in African narratives and topics that touch African communities, with the hope of creating a safe platform for open conversation, learning, and inspiration. I hope you're as excited as me and that you enjoy listening. Hi Beth, thank you for joining in. This episode is all about hair. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not only about hair, but it's about confidence building and empowerment through hair. In this episode, we have Lucrez and Christiane, founders of Crowns, a social initiative with the mission to empower young women through hair to equip them with the confidence to succeed. They do this two ways, online and offline. Online through an online blog about different healthy haircut techniques and practices and through a YouTube series focusing on different women with different career fields in which we can understand their health stories and journeys. Offline, they do this through workshops and events that talk about general confidence building and also open a conversation about the importance that hair has for our own self-perception. I hope you enjoy it. Hi girls, it's lovely to have you here. So tell me, who are you and how do you guys know each other? Do I start? No, you go. Come on. Uh, well, my name is Christiane Sengu. I am a paralegal, um, a hairdresser, and also a co-founder of Crowned. And I'm sitting here next to my other co-founder. What, what, wait, before we move on to your co-founder, because that was a very quick introduction. <laughs> really? Tell me a bit about where you come from. So where are you based? you know the essence right know? okay well um, I'm Congolese by origin um, I grew up in Belgium till I was about seven years old and then I moved here to the UK um, and I've been here ever since I live in Northwest London now and um, I work in a city yeah nice mm. nice to meet you, <laughs> you. Um, so I'm Lucrece for Soroki Bessie I'm um, a medical student hairdresser and part-time model um, how I met Christiane, we met through our endeavour on Miss Congo UK, the beauty pageant. Uh, what do I, what was other? Does, oh. that mean, does that mean that you're also from Congo? Yes, I'm case? from Congo originally, but I wasn't born there. I was born in France. And then when I was eight, I moved to England. And yeah, I've been here ever since, really. Um, um, is that no, I don't think so. It's quite weird because you and I have had quite similar paths mm, mm-hmm. in terms of we were both from Congo, but mm. then we both grew up in a different... <laughs> so right, so we're both from Congo, but we both grew up in two different um, European countries. Mm-hmm. Then made our way to the UK, mm-hmm. met during a, a pageant. Yeah. Don't know how we ended up there, but we did. <laughs> and then yeah, so we're, uh, it's weird. That I feel like we were meant to meet each other. We were supposed to just des- we were destined to meet each other. Mm-hmm. Did you just when you met? Did did it just click, or, or what was what was it like? I think the first time we met it was we spoke well. Yeah. I was quite impressed by what you were doing. I was like, oh, this girl's studying medicine. I was impressed by I her. Know, I know, I mean, I'm quite impressed by both of you. <laughs> yeah, as I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
we just like, this girl doing law. I was like, okay. And she was just right, so poised. Like, let me, let me step like, up my game. She's a no-nonsense Such girl. a great combination, <laughs> right? You know, the science and then yeah. just the legal aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, we got on very well doing our, our training. And um, I think by the, by the finale night for the pageant, I kind of knew mm. if it wasn't going to be me, it would be the crest. <laughs> <laughs> what, why do you know bad, that? It? it sounds quite bad, but Bluecrest for me, she just was the one. I just knew it. I knew oh. she would win. Like the moment she got on stage, I knew it, it would be her. Why? Why? What was it about her that you saw? Well, see, it's so nice. You're discovering something new. <laughs> yeah. Just like I feel like you know, you, you get to know someone over the course of a couple of months, and then you you can, you can tell that they've got a genuine heart. I remember, for instance, mm. my, my talent for the night was doing a hair show. So I had like five different models going on stage modeling different hairstyles so that was my talent and I was stressing out because I didn't finish someone's hair in time Lucrest stepped in Lucrest who was my competition at the time <laughs> she stepped in and she helped me finish one of my girl's hair and she styled it and everything and I just thought wow if someone wow. can have a heart like that she deserves to win and she you were oh just wow that's such a beautiful story <laughs> I mean I just saw it as because my intention was never to go there to win, my intention was to go there to actually make friends with other Congolese girls because I've never been friends with like Congolese people until then and just to have fun, to embrace my origins a bit more. For me it wasn't, I'm not going to help you because I'm trying to win. I didn't yeah. see how me not helping her wasn't, was going to get me anywhere. And I've just got that heart that when I see someone struggling needs help, I just do it. I was doing nothing, mm. so I thought, I want to help her, why not? What do you need help with? And I was just, she was just like, oh my gosh. I was like, don't worry, I'll help you, it's fine. Just tell me we to do. up late that night, yeah. the night before the finale, but yeah, we were doing it. rehearsals to like, I don't know, one or two in the morning. Mm. And I was meant to go back home earlier in the day and finish off a, a hairstyle, and I didn't. So yeah. yeah, and then she just stepped in. She's like, don't worry about it, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm. And it just lifted like the stress off me. That's so nice. So you guys <laughs> went to a competition and then you were not competing, you just yeah, became friends. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago was that? Is that three years ago now, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Coming up to three years, mm. yeah. It's past three years already. It was twenty six January twenty sixteen. Oh yeah. Just yeah. past three mm. years. Just now. Past three oh, wow. Years, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So now you're both the founder of Crown, mm-hmm. a social initiative trying to empower your girls through hair and hairstyles. Mm-hmm. So how did that come into being? Why crowned? Why do you name it crowned? And why women and why hair? Okay, mm-hmm. that's a lot of questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with how did it come about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we basically after our win, um, just you do a project essentially that you it's usually a one time thing that they made you they make you do but we wanted to do something more long term and we you know we were thinking okay what can we do we we knew we wanted to focus on women uh, ethnic minority women and the one thing we all had in common at the time so the three winners was that um we all used to do hair and then we started we started talking about it and getting to the politics of hair and we started realizing that oh okay we've all agreed there's a politic behind hair here there's something that Hair gives to us. There's something that it, you know, empowers especially black women about hair. Yeah. So how can we use that to also um, to help them? Because what we also identified was that there was a gap, um, not in the market, but a gap in that black women were lacking. Is um, I would say it was the confidence, the support, the aspiration. There was something missing there, and we said, okay, how do we get black women to aspire to be to do better? And we thought, okay, well, the one thing that makes someone do better is confidence and it was like okay so hair gives you confidence mm. how do we can we use that to get young black girls to achieve to do better essentially and i think we sort of just started like we we didn't come up with the formula straight away but we eventually realized that this is the formula 
you've got the hair, you've got the confidence, you succeed. And we thought, okay, how do we bring that out in a way that makes sense to people that are not necessarily black women, but in a way that we show that it's, it's really much needed. And um, yeah, do you want to say the part why crowned? <laughs> why crowned? Yeah. It's just a play on, on words. Yeah, <laughs> we were literally crowned. We were crowned pageant winners. Oh, wow. So we were like, okay, we are literally crowned right now. But aside from being crowned and wearing crowns every day, as hairdressers and as females, we also know that our hair is our crown. And it says, it says in the Bible, it says everywhere, your hair is your crown in glory. And we wanted to un allow people to understand that not, we're not just because, I mean, sorry, let me say that again. We're not crowned right mm -hmm. now just because of our pageant crowns we are crowned because we are women and mm -hmm. we also we are all talented mm -hmm. but also we have the ability to be the best versions of ourselves mm -hmm. so that's why we thought crowned because it's also a verb it kind of makes you think oh mm -hmm. crowned am i crowned yeah, yeah. you are crowned we all <laughs> yeah. are crowned and just allowing women to understand that and mm -hmm. be the best versions of themselves mm -hmm. we wanted to get people to understand or through that that because a lot of people just assumed oh okay you're you're, you're queen now because this and it's like we wanted to understand that actually we're not we were not crowned because of the actual physical crown there's something else it's not because we've got a crown sit on our head that suddenly we've changed yeah. we understood that actually it was knowing yourself knowing your self-worth in that moment because we knew it we knew our worth so we knew okay we're queens it wasn't queens by title it wasn't queens but what's on our head it was queens because we knew who we, were, who we were and where we were trying to get to and crown this both okay because initially it started with the fact that we, there were so many businesses out there um named crowns maybe not to do with hair a lot of them were not to do with hair to be honest but then somewhere as well though some, crowned yeah. by someone's name or something mm. but they um, were more like they were more about the hairdressing aspect yeah, we, yeah. Was, we was trying to talk about the psychology behind the hair and the confidence it gives you and then i remember i was looking at something on my wall and i said crowned with a k and then was, i was in the face of christian i was like crowned with a k i was like k has got a meaning to it and I couldn't get my hands around it, so we messaged someone at the time. And we said, can you tell us the value of K in like the Congolese history? And then who, who was this? Who do you ask about the value of K? It was um, Va Baba. Baba Tampa. Baba Tampa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he, um, someone that does... He runs a charity, a charity mm -hmm. called um, Save, the Save the Congo. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, um, you know, I knew the significance behind it, but I didn't know what it was. I couldn't get my hand around it because he's so well, he's well-rounded when it comes to the culture back um, to the Congo. He said, you know, Congo was spelled with a K before, Kingdom of Congo. Wow. It's empowering, even when you look at the letters of the alphabet, because, you know, there's numerical values. K is one of the most powerful letters in the alphabet. And then all the greatest cities in Congo starts with K, Kinshasa. Our capital cities, yeah. Kinshasa, yeah. Um, you know, and when, it, when we saw all of that, we was like, okay, crown of the K makes sense. It's meant to be, yeah. And yeah. it also shows going back to our roots, because the only way you can know your worth is if you know where you've come from. Mm -hmm. So taking all of that in the, into the aspect of knowing your worth, being a queen, and also going back to your roots, this is how we came up with the whole concept of crowns, essentially. Mm. Um, but you know, the, the young ladies that you're talking about that you would like to empower, mm -hmm. is, is this only specific to African descendants or is this open to anyone? Is that idea? Because it's quite interesting when you're talking about the roots, right? Mm. Because mm -hmm. at least for African descendants, you know, mm. the hair always kind of shows that, you know, part of those roots mm. also. Yeah. Um, is, it, uh, is it open to everyone or are you trying to reach more specifically to, well, you mentioned black mm. communities earlier, mm. but, you know, who is your target audience? I would say we are open to everyone. It's mm. not like we're excluding anyone, mm. but, as two Congolese women in the UK, what we know best 
is, is African okay. diaspora. Yeah. That's what we know best. So we're playing to our strengths right now and mm -hmm. focusing on what we know and what we understand. But hopefully maybe over time we can extend it. But it's definitely not something that we, we feel like we need to exclude anybody else from our yeah. brand. Because we did do a target audience and then we had the, like, the first report, the second report and the third report and we showing that we did that to know that okay this is our main target audience but if obviously we impact other people in the process then that's all great because we've identified that hair is not just big for black women but it's also big for women in general yeah but we're saying our target audience is black women because what we identified is that growing up as young black women in something we lacked that yeah. maybe women of other ethnicities had yeah in terms of the self-confidence, the role models and all that stuff, mm -hmm. the aspirations, it's something that you don't always have, we didn't always have someone to identify with. And because of that, that affects your self-worth, you don't know really, you don't always have to develop that confidence that other people have because you don't see it yeah. all that's the time. The that's the issue, you don't mm -hmm. see it, you don't have that positive reinforcement all the time. Mm -hmm. But white women, for instance, they do. White women have bad hair days, but white women are also praised a lot for having mm -hmm. long hair. Mm -hmm. Whereas black women, we don't have that same praise yeah. and that same, that same thing we see in the media. So. Mm -hmm. That's a difference in that. That's why yeah. we want to focus on women to begin with. Mm. But yeah, we are hoping to ex extend eventually. Yeah. Um, and what are some of the biggest challenges that you have had to face setting up Crown and that idea, and, and obviously translating that um, the idea or the vision of working with her, but it's, it's still talking about empowerment and confidence, mm. right? Because mm. it's it's a bit of a it's a it's a political social conversation, yeah, right? As course. much as it is you know, about hair, which seems to some people something very mundane, but, mm -hmm. but it's a statement, right? Yeah. So uh, can you share some challenges with regards to that messaging as well as setting up um, your initiative that you could share with us? I think the initial problem we had, so not in terms of setting up, but in terms of getting the concept across, is getting people to just understand it in the first place. Um, I mean, right now, I guess we're thankful because it, hair is a big talk now. Everyone discusses it. Mm -hmm. Not in a way that we would address it, but they're talking about it and they understand that there's a whole psychology attached with her, especially for women in general, but especially for black women. And I think when we were trying to get the idea out there, people were saying to us, but why hair? Okay, but why? how does that lead to confidence? Okay, there's other aspects that could give a woman confidence. Why are you not focusing on that? And just getting them to understand why we're focusing on hair and why we thought like that's the most powerful tool in a woman's life. I think initially it was a bit hard, but they got it. Some people questioned us on purpose yeah. just to see if well, we could I, withstand our point. I'm, I'm happy that we were questioned yeah. because by being questioned, it makes you have need to have a reason and, mm -hmm. a, and a way to back yourself up. And the more you're questioned about it, the more confident you are in what you're saying. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm really happy for everyone that kept asking us, what, why, what? I don't really get it. And then mm -hmm. you have to keep explaining it. And it's and it also allowed us to do a lot of research. Like yeah. you can, if you read up on, on the research behind black women hair, it's a lot about our identity. It doesn't mm. just stop at just something that's on your head, growing mm. out your head. It's part of our identity. Living in the Western world, we're different by two means, our skin colour and our hair. Mm -hmm. That's the first way people recognise where you're from. So if you see someone that's a bit ambiguous, maybe in skin colour, they might be light. The second thing you look at mm -hmm. is whether there's a kink in their hair. Yeah. Why is that? Because you can tell what their identity is. Yeah. So just understanding that there is that little bit yeah, more to it. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting that you're talking about how important it is for people to to question, right? But it, mm -hmm. but in, 
in essence, you already knew that this was important because this was something that you were feeling within. They just kind of help you verbalize it yeah. Yeah. in a yeah, way that, that people understand. But I think we have to give that importance to the fact that when you're feeling something, that mm. probably means someone else out there is feeling the same. I think that's true, yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's both in our guts as well, isn't mm -hmm. it? There's been many times when I've just thought, why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> why am I doing this? I, I have a full-time job. <laughs> Let me just focus on that. But then it's something about it that's just like, no, I have to crown, it has to happen. And I know mm -hmm. Crest feels the exact same way, it has to happen. Mm -hmm. And there's been many times where we've been, I don't know, in a meeting very late into the night, and we're just like, <laughs> we're getting frustrated with each other. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we want, it, we want to make it work. Yeah. We really it's something do. that we've, we've realised is, is needed. I talk to different people, sometimes not even talking about crowns, you know. Um, let's say when I'm doing their hair at times, and we're just talking about just the life, politics of hair, and then just growing up. And I realised that, okay, what you're saying you didn't have growing up is exactly what crown is trying to offer. And I, that's when I realised that, okay, Christian and I, we're not crazy. People actually feel like this. They wish they had this growing up. So we need to try and deliver something similar for the young girls now. And also for the ones that are growing up, they still need that support. Still, it's always nice to still see that, oh, okay, there are black women doing these things sort of thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, every day I get reminded when I talk to people that actually it's needed, it's not a lie. Yeah. <laughs> We're not crazy. And we all have our own hair stories, don't we? Yeah. And that's something that we want to share. Yeah. We all have different hair stories yeah. growing up and that's affected us. Yeah. And very briefly, can you, how do you manage crowned and you know you're studying law so I, I guess you want to become a lawyer at some mm. point and you're studying medicine at mm. the same time how do you manage to do that apart from doing crown because you know many people out there they always we get caught up with jobs and we just mm. think I don't have time to do anything that I'm passionate about right mm. you know life just happens too fast are there any tips that you can share with other people that have perhaps projects or little things in their guts that they need to release but they're too afraid to do just from our experience, just one thing that you can share, each of you. Should I go? For me, the most important thing is discipline and being organised. And sorry, I've actually graduated, but um, so I'm working in law right now. But um, oh wow! And I need Still. to go back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I need to go back and finish off my studies. Um, but yeah, discipline. So I work nine to five. So nine to five, I focus on what I'm doing. But the moment it hits like five thirty or six o'clock, and I'm done with work. It's crowned, so it's like, say six to nine, crowned, then maybe get a bit of time for myself. But just having that discipline that once I'm out of doing something else, I need to focus on this. I think that's what is really important because mm. it's easy to just be like, oh, I'm tired or I can't do it. Mm. And I think if it's in your gut, you will do it. If you, if you don't do it, it's not that important to you. And that's simple as. Yeah, yeah. I think for me it's um, belief and sacrifice. So sacrifice, that's a big thing. Um, what I mean by sacrifice is that there's times when my times it was a lot. It varies a lot from what Christian's doing. Right, she's got you know work morning to the evening, and then she's free to basically what you in your own time after essentially. But with what I'm doing, I've get, I get a lot of placement, and even on top of that, I still have to go home and revise essentially because exams come up and all that stuff. But with although. I really am passionate about medicine. I realised that I can't do without crowns and I can't do without medicine. So even if I'm tired, I've come from home, I've come from placement or I've come from uni. I'm tired, but I will do crowns. The stuff that, that needs to be done, I want to be motivating people out there. So it means me sitting there, even if it's an hour, then and doing what I need to do in the mornings as well. I could just sit on the train because I'm tired and 
have a nap but I sit there saying no I've got editing to do let me see what he's doing and it's important I think there's times as well I'll, I choose not to go out not all the time but I will say okay I'm going to choose to do this instead of that because this is important to me so it's about priorities yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I'm the same, like on the train, I carry my, my iPad ever with me. Mm, I could same. just listen to music on the train, but I will sit there and if I know I need to draft something for crowns, I will do it there. Mm. If, we, if I know we need to post something on Instagram, I will do up the caption on the train and then I'll share it with the press and we'll post it. So just making time for it mm -hmm. around, because there's a lot, there's 24 hours in a day and you might spend about eight of it sleeping or so, but there's little gaps in between. Making your way to work, you have that little gap where you can, you can do something quickly. Mm -hmm. So just finding ways around it. Yeah. And yeah. I agree with you, just sacrifice, I guess. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, I don't think I can do it without law and I don't think I can do it without crown. I, don't, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm destined to be more than a lawyer. As much as I love law, I feel like that's only part of me. And I, there's something more about me than just being a lawyer. And, that's why I need to carry on with this. Yeah, that's a, a very important. I'm diverting here, but mm -hmm. uh, that's an important point because I think we live in a society where people ask you, like, you know, what do you do, right? Mm -hmm. And even that question in itself is a bit, you know, it's never gonna give you a complete I image, right? Yeah. Because you're gonna say, well, I'm a lawyer, right? But you're not just a lawyer, right? You can be a, no a lawyer, but you can also be an athlete, but you can mm -hmm. also be a great cook and you know yeah. so you know recognizing in ourselves that we don't have to define ourselves by just what we do in our daily jobs mm -hmm. or what gives us the money is very important and that's a challenge mm -hmm. in the generations we live in but I think technology also offers so many opportunities right yeah, where you can just do many more things than what you're doing and you don't have to define yourself by one mm -hmm. um, so hopefully young people will be able to you know I think we're in that generation now yeah. where we're, yeah. we're not doing like just standard jobs like our parents did like this is my nine to five this is it i go home and this is what i do or mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a creative and this is what i do and i go home but now yeah. i feel like a lot of us are, are finding a way to mix everything all our passions together and be more than what we've to be in mm -hmm. the past yeah yeah so what is the conversation that we should collectively be having as women as black and african women in your opinion what is the conversation if there's a conversation that we should be having as women, mm. and, you know, and you could say, you know, you already touched a bit upon that, but I what should we be talking about? We should be, I think we should be talking about self-worth, definitely, and the ways that, all the aspects of it. And I mean, when I mean self-worth, not like actually living that self-worth. So not what you portray on social media, but you need to be living what you actually claim as well and why I said that's important is because we a lot of people are impacting very young girls on social media and when you're portraying a particular image of yourself on social media and I'm not saying I mean particular image as in this like amazing amazing lifestyle you're an influencer but you're portraying this amazing lifestyle without being honest about you know the ups and downs of that particular lifestyle let's say I feel like it's dangerous to do that because you're now drawing young girls into that lifestyle not, under, not fully understanding that actually this is what comes with it we're, almost, we're also taken away from, from the aspect of hard work, I feel like, sometimes. Some people do say, they say, I've worked hard for this, but it's drawing young girls into a generation of um, thinking things should come easy to them. And I mm. think the aspect of hard work is still very important. That's an aspect that our parents have given to us and we shouldn't lose. Yeah. And I mm. think it's important that people talk about that hard work because that's what, again, creates this, you know, contributes to part of your self-worth yeah, I think exactly that's a very important point I, I can't remember who I was talking to mm. I had a conversation lately with someone 
and they were saying, you know, if someone is giving for free mm. to you, you're not going to value it the same as when you've earned it, mm -hmm. right? And that goes with everything we do, right? And when you're passionate about something and you're mm. working hard to get it, it makes you feel different. It gives you yeah. confidence in yourself. Mm. Yeah. So that's a very... You know, you know how life, you know, <laughs> people say something and then yeah. someone else and you're like, aha, well, that's yeah. what I took from it, so I needed to say that. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. That's a good point. No, I agree with what you said. And for me, I think the conversation should be around how do we become the best versions of ourselves? Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is. And that's what I would like to see. Like, I'm, I'm so motivated to do the best in my life, but I, I want to be at the top with everybody that looks like me. I want yeah. black women to be CEOs. Yeah, I want course. black women to be running their own businesses. But sometimes it's not even just doing big things. Like, it could be a small passion that you've got, but I want you to do it. And that's yeah. that, that's that kind of thing that I want. I just want all black women to be the best version of mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. To follow on from yeah. that point, um, another thing definitely to talk about, it's, you know, bringing people up with you. Yeah. I think we need to talk about the fact, okay, that's great, we're making it here, but how is that helping anyone else around us? Because if today you were to leave this earth, what have you done? What's your legacy? Yeah, you, this is literally it. <laughs> what have you done? Because you did it for yourself, which is great, but when you're dead, who has that helped? What are you doing to give back to other people? And I don't mean give back as in actual money or charity, as in what values are you giving to someone else that they can take on and can motivate them? That's what we're here for, I think, to motivate other people. But I feel like sometimes people get to certain places and they don't always give that key to other women on how to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important when they don't create opportunities to do it. It's one thing to talk about it, but then it's another thing for you to actually help that person actually mentor them to that particular place in life. Because there's room for everyone on top. That's definitely. the thing. There's a luxury room for all of us. Yeah, yeah. So it's something I think that needs to happen. I see some women doing it, definitely, but I feel like I see it because... I've tailored my timeline to see those type of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you just, we just need that more and more and more, right? Mm -hmm. The more women helping other women, regardless of, you know, mm -hmm. then the more women they'll be on top, right? Yeah. And that, that could be a conversation <laughs> too, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, as you're both here and you both like her, mm -hmm. are there <laughs> any tips that you can share, you know, one tip for her care with women out there? Here you go. One tip that was really hard. Um, I would say, um, oh, it's very general, but listen to your hair. Oh my God, I was about to say that. I was, what I was gonna say was, yeah. don't follow bloody YouTube tutorials and think it will work for you all the time because your hair is your hair. So people always like go on YouTube and then they'll be like, yeah, this is what I wanna do. Okay, I'll buy this product, I'll do this. And then they don't have the same results and yeah. it's like, like you said, just listen to your hair. I say try different things, but listen to your hair. Don't just change a product because someone else says it worked for them. If there's a product that's working for you, then go for it and be consistent with it. The same way you would treat your, I don't know, your degree or your job, you have to be consistent. Because I know that back in the day, mothers grew their children's hair with just the, petro the same petroleum jelly that they say is bad for your hair now, and with water because it was consistent. They mm. were, they were, you know, listening to, the, to the, the child's hair. Oh, okay, the extensions are now a bit too, they're starting to pull on your edges a bit. We're gonna take them out, wash it, put your hair away again. But um, I think one thing that's working right now in terms of just like a particular hair tip, rice water is actually working wonders in people's lives. Rice, rice water? water. Sure rice water? Yeah. Ooh. Um, mm. I was watching tutorials, I was a bit skeptical, I didn't try it. And then I tried and I said, wow, okay, this is real. <laughs> I've tried all the crazy stuff like castor oil. Your, castor your oil makes my oil. hair itchy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate castor oil with all my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes my hair itchy. And coconut oil, forget it. <laughs> um, definitely 
the rice water works really well, so I think try it and see how it works for you. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I'm so glad that I'm here. <laughs> I am going to apply it. I will testify to that. <laughs> so you are both young. You're both beautiful women. You're global oh, citizens you. <laughs> um, with African roots. So how do these traits have influenced what you do and what your life mission is? How do what, sorry? So basically, your traits, right? Oh, okay, you're yeah. young. I mm -hmm. think you're young and beautiful. You're also African, <laughs> but you're also global citizens, right? Yeah. You, you're not just African, you're many other things, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. how does this part of your identity mm -hmm. influence what you do daily and what your life mission is or what your legacy? Well, I think it starts from just having done this Congo, isn't it? Because mm. we're, we're, we're both African, but we're also both Western in a way. And then we went for a competition that was with the idea of being the face of Congolese beauty in the UK. So I think we already had the idea that we were, we understood that we had sort of like a mixed identity um, that we wanted to portray and represent to people. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. I think, um, I agree with that definitely. I, um, I, I think I struggled in terms of identity for a while um, until I reached that particular say around 18 and that's only because of the research I was doing but when I mean um, struggle with identity it's you go into the Congolese community it was or you go back home and it's like oh, but you're not Congolese oh, yeah, you're yeah. not Congolese enough and then you go to where you're born or where you've grown up oh but in here they tell me oh well you're not you're not British you go to France oh but where are you from from there's always that yeah. question <laughs> where are you and, really from <laughs> yeah and it's always feeling I always had that sense of not fitting in but I think Eventually, I feel like we created our own thing. I always tell people I am French of a Congolese origin. And I've always said now that they need to add a section in your ethnic description that says, there's a way they have African-American. Why don't we have African-European? Because wherever we go, we don't really fit. I know. We don't actually, we don't so fit. So would you fit? Yeah. So I'm like, I, I have both. And I don't blame anyone for that because... I have gone back to Congo a couple of times now and I'm sorry I do not have the same lifestyle as a lot of the people back home. There's nothing wrong with that but there's certain things that they, they would be okay with and I'm like, I can't, no. And it's not in terms of dirt. Monaco too. Yeah. <laughs> Monaco too in Gala means um, um, a child from Europe basically yeah. oh, but that's what they call you, you when get, you're out there. Yeah, yeah. I, you nicknamed uh, Zika. Zika? Zika? Something like that. Really? Yeah. Because, you, but then you go to France as well and it's like, yeah but you don't, you're not French enough at the same time. I'm like, what do you expect me to be? Because I'm mixed heritage. I was brought up with both the French origins and the Congolese origins but I think um, that's good because a lot of children a lot of I would say yeah a lot of children identify the same and if we know how we have, how we would like to identify ourselves then we can help other people saying that you don't actually have to fit anywhere just do what you're doing and you can embrace two cultures at the same time and it's fine and you create a spaces for yeah, those people yeah. Also, exactly. Right? yeah exactly that's most definitely it amazing <laughs> Do you have anything to add? No, I think she just yeah. hit the nail on the head, basically. Yeah. Like, um, the struggles we've had, understanding like what we are, mm -hmm. is gives us a reason to make sure other people understand where they're from and what the identity is. Yeah, yeah. So, my final question... <laughs> um, it's not really a question, but I'd like you to complete these sentences and I'm going to kind of alternate it. So I'm okay. going to start with you, then okay. with her, and the final one I would like you both to answer, okay? Okay. okay. It's, well, it's, 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 it's very simple. So, I'd like you to complete the sentence. My biggest fear is... Failure. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was so quick. (laughs) (laughs) But I say that, but I kind of take it back because I feel like you can't feel success if you haven't felt failure. Mm, Okay. Kind of. (laughs) The biggest lesson or piece of advice I ever received was. (gasps) Ooh, biggest lesson. Um, You have to believe in yourself. Because if no one else will, then you will. One sentence that your parents say that summarized the legacy to you. Your parents' legacy. My parents' legacy. Something that they say a lot or they reminded you growing up Um, that summarized their legacy to you. um, (laughs) (laughs) My mom calls me. (laughs) You were were laughing, it was yesterday. My mom calls me baby de Maman Sabine. Basically, Maman Sabine's baby because I am. I am no longer the youngest, <laughs> but I was the youngest in my uh, my siblings for a while. And to this day, I'm 23 now, and my mum still calls me her baby, even though she's got younger babies. I think for me, that's my legacy in terms of being my mum's baby, but still, like, I think that drives me to just make her so proud of me. Yeah. I think that's why that kind of pushed me to finish my degree, because there was one point I was like, oh, why am I doing this degree? And I was like, no, got to make my mum proud. So, yeah. And my mum's baby. Yeah, my mum's baby. Telling, yeah. You just keep telling yourself bit, that. It's a bit strange, but yeah, that's what, that's probably... I like it. Yeah, yeah I like it. The bit of the mum's I've been. <laughs> so, what is your wild... Oh, my wildest dream is, or one of my wildest dreams are... Wildest dreams? Yeah. Um, I to get African countries to be even above Western countries. It's possible. It's very possible. We have the means. I want people to be saying, I'm going to Africa. That's my wildest dream, I think. I want to be part of that vision. I'm going to Africa to get money because our our country needs it. Yeah, because our country needs it. That's my dream, to hear that. To hear someone that's not of African origin saying, oh, we're going there for jobs because opportunities are better there. And I'm like, oh, music to my ears. (laughs) Like that. So this is the last one, and I'd like you both to answer it. Okay. The Africa I want is... Oh. Well, should we go at the same time? No, no, okay. you go first. Yeah. Perfect. That's it. The Africa I want is perfect. The Africa I want is... Oh, my goodness. Um, free. Free from, you know, the subtle... The social involvements that our Western countries have, free of the, the poverty essentially, and just free to be successful really, yeah, just free, I want Africa to be free. Yeah. <laughs>